Happy holidays, everybody. Patrick and I are going to do some little bets on the Christmas Day games. Little uh, avatar bet. We're going to do a holiday mailbag, finish with Hot Streak Shooting Slump. A little fun episode to get you guys into the holidays. All right, Patrick. Dude, what was your favorite NBA Christmas game of all time? Ooh, my favorite NBA Christmas game of all time was it's got to be one of the Cavs Warriors games I think it's 2017 the first Durant year yes. when the Cavs went on the Kyrie Irving buzzer beater exactly that is exactly Such the one an awesome game you want to know I have a fun story for that game okay Jesse and I were at our you know we're at our dad's house I was in college at the time Jesse and I dragged our TV out of the house and ran the power cable through the window and we watched it in the hot tub Wow, that is epic. <laughs> that is epic. That's uh, was it potentially a podcast episode? Potentially could have been. I mean, it was before there were like big YouTube dreams or anything. But is yeah, that one also your favorite Christmas game of all time? It is. I want to give a special shout out to a particular Christmas game as a Miami Heat fan. Um, 2011, 2012 Christmas. Um, because it was a lockout shortened season, the first game of the year was on Christmas. Heat at Mavericks. You know, Mavericks championships and the Miami Heat go in there and just absolutely beat the snot out of the Mavericks. And it's it's not just like beating them. It's like LeBron highlights, like crazy alley-oop dunks, Wade, LeBron, Bosh had a good game. It's just an all-around just, okay, LeBron is going to win his first ring this year. You just, you could see it in that game. Honorable mention, I also loved the, um, like, Battle LA, um, twenty. That's gotta uh, be 2020? 2019, 2019 going into, into 2020. 2020. Yeah. Um, Clippers Lakers game that where it was Pat Bev hit like the game winning shot. That was an incredible game. But obviously, there's so many to choose from. Yeah, there's Christmas games are always great. Okay, so you asked me a question about Christmas games. Now I am going to ask you a question. Let me pull up my little Christmas day. Um, where where am I? I'm losing. I'm losing my Dude, stuff. What's going on, I'm, man? I'm losing. Where is, is my... the eggnog hitting early? The eggnog is hitting early. Did I? Are two, you an eggnog guy? I had two small glasses today before the podcast. I was gonna make us some like spiked eggnog for the pod, but uh, it just didn't. The vibes didn't really it, seem quite it's there. Too much. We're recording a bit early again uh, this week. Patrick and I have been recording a bit earlier than normal, but yeah, I've had probably about 400 calories worth of eggnog today, so I'm gonna slow oh, down. There we go. Okay, I've got three questions for you. Cause why not? It'll be fun. First question. There are two active franchises that have never won a game on Christmas Day. Can you guess what franchises those are? I'm going to guess the Charlotte Hornets. That is incorrect. Oh, I'm going to guess the Minnesota Timberwolves. That is also incorrect. Wow, who is it? It is the Memphis Grizzlies, who just played their first ever one a couple years ago when they played the Warriors. That was their first ever Christmas game. And then the Raptors. They have only played one Christmas Day game, and they lost that game. Wow, I'm surprised the grit and grind Grizzlies didn't get like a two year stretch of being on Christmas. I know they just—they're just not a glamour just market. Glamour That team was not maybe the most fun to watch either. Okay, on that on that note, since the start of the five game Christmas Day slate in 2008, there are only two NBA championship teams that did not play on Christmas. Can you guess which teams those were? Is it the well, is it the 2019 Raptors? Yes, that is one of them. Um, well, the Nuggets have been on for a couple of years now. Dude, I'm gonna go with like the 04 Pistons. That that was before the um, five oh, game the, slate. The five game slate. But okay, before 08, 08 there Celtics was like were definitely on happened. there. Yeah. Lakers, of course, were on there. Mavericks and in ten. I feel like Mavericks were ah, well. They were what a six seed. That, I'm gonna go with the Mavericks. You are correct with All that right. guess. Yes, the Raptors and the Mavericks are the two championship teams. Do you feel like uh, that's gonna? Is there any chance that the cha- the future champion is not playing? We are on going Christmas to be Day? watching the 2023 champion, 2024 champion on Christmas Day. Okay, this year. Well, I guarantee it. I think you're guarantee. Right. There we go, Chuck. We're giving out guarantees. <laughs> Um, should we get into our little um, prediction game that we got prepared? Yep. 
So Patrick and I are going to make a prediction for each of the five Christmas games where you're going to pick which teams we think are going to win. If we think the same team is going to win, we're going to choose which players. We're going to pit two players against each other, decide who we think is going to have more points. Maybe we'll mix it up from there. We'll see. The loser is going to have to change their Twitter avatar to the choice of the other person for a week. It's very high stakes. Very high stakes. <laughs> I'm worried. I, I got a, I've got a reputation to uphold in Sun's Twitter, and I, I'm afraid it's all going to go down in flames. Oh, yeah. So, Patrick, the first game is Bucks-Knicks. Bucks-Knicks. I'm picking the Bucks. Yeah, I'm picking the Bucks. The Bucks are 2-0 against the Knicks this season, and they just got the just devastating news about Mitchell Robinson being out for the rest of the year. Yeah, that that's a guy you kind of want versus Giannis. Yeah, it definitely hurts against the Bucks. I I don't even know what else to say. I think there's low key like Jalen Brunson has been on such a heater. Yeah, the Knicks have like other than Mitchell Robinson news have kind of had a good week, like beating the Lakers, beating the Suns. Yes, Julius Randle is like a little bit bouncing back. We're getting a good Julius month before absolutely before terrible. the new year. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I'll be cheering for you, Knicks. It would be fun if you could make it close. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Yeah. I feel like we're going to get a nice, like, Knicks heroic Christmas game. Um, All right. So, Patrick, I will take Jalen Brunson over Giannis for points in this game. How do you feel about taking Giannis? I feel great about taking Giannis. Okay, so... So Giannis is my guy. Jalen Brunson. I'll take Jalen Brunson. We can make it. We can throw in other players if you want. See, the thing with the Knicks, though, is I don't want to hitch my wagon to anyone but Brunson. Okay. Like, even Randall. I I don't really want Randall, like, hitched onto my Brunson truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I understand not wanting to. The, the Brunson F-150, and there's nothing in the there's nothing in the back. I will last time the Knicks and the Bucks played, Randall had 40 points. This ain't last time. Tempting. Okay. All right. No, I will take it. I will take Giannis on Christmas Day. I feel like he plays the Knicks every single Christmas Day. So um he will definitely be um comfortable there on December 25th. All right, next game's Warriors Nuggets. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna go chalk here. I think we're both taking the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely taking the Nuggets. I was looking into Steph's um history of scoring on um on Christmas Day, and it is rough. Is it last time he played on Christmas Day, he scored his all-time Christmas Day high of 33. But on all the other games, 19 points, 15 points, 15 points, 19 points, 14, 15, 4, 4. That is bad. Well, you know, I will say Steph is a family man. He is he, a family More than man. almost any other NBA player does not seem built for Christmas. He seems like he's like, all right, bro, I'm like hyper competitive. I, I train like a Jordan, a Kobe, a LeBron type, but... Come on, man. Don't make me play on Christmas. He was up all night wrapping presents yeah. for Riley and whoever else. Yeah, and Aisha. No, I, I, shout out Steph, man. I love you, Steph. Um, so we're both picking the Nuggets. So okay. where do you want to go with our side bet then? Um, with that being said, and you were so qu- kind to give me, um, to Giannis. give me Giannis, and I just laid it out. I will take. You know what? <laughs> Let's make it int- interesting. I'll take the Splash Bros. So um, Steph and Clay. Steph and Clay. And um who do you want? Jokic and uh Jokic and Murray? How about we go? You get the Splash Bros, you get Steph and Clay. I get Murray and Porter, and we go three pointers made. Yes. Okay. Let me we gotta write this <laughs> we gotta down. Write down. We gotta write this down. Okay. So I've got Murray and Porter. You've got Steph and Clay. I feel scared because I feel like Steph could have like an eight-three game in him. I feel like because you've decreed Steph's Christmas Day gaming that we're in for a Steph splash party, but I feel good about Murray and Porter getting like four, maybe three each. And, uh, you know, maybe yeah. I, can, I can work with that. The place where I'm a little bit worried in this game is I feel like it could be a three-quarter game with just the state of the Warriors front court right now. But well, the, the Warriors just beat the Celtics. I will say to the Warriors, they do seem to play Denver in a way that does give Denver a lot of problems. They had that game earlier this season. I don't know if you remember where both Jokic and Curry missed clutch free throws. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah, that's a weird that. reference point, but the fact that I'm saying clutch means this was a close game. <laughs> it was a close game. Very close game in of the closing course, stretch. Yes. No Draymond. No Draymond. No Draymond again. I don't think he played in that first one either. I think he might have been out for that one, too. I could not tell you. Probably. Draymond's been doing that a lot recently. Yeah, no, he doesn't really like to play basketball anymore. 
Um, okay, so we've got it all figured out for the Bucks and the Knicks and the Warriors and the Nuggets. And that brings us to the marquee matchup of the day, Celtics versus Lakers. Who do you got, James? The Lakers, baby. Oh, my gosh. I was also going to choose the <laughs> no Lakers. Uh, so, honestly, there is no, like, statistical, like, reason, reason that you can lay out that the Celtics should lose this game. I just watched the Celtics absolutely, like, annihilate the Kings so last night. So here's the night. weird thing, and maybe I'm not remembering properly, but from what I remember of Lakers-Celtics since the Lakers championship, so not including that championship run, is, like, the Rondo buzzer beater game, the, like, LeBron gets fouled and probably should have got free throws to win the game. The big thing with these, these games are always... Oddly close. Like last year, there was a Lakers Celtics game where I want to say the Lakers blew like a near 18 point lead. No, the last time they played was the classic Pat Bev camera game. The camera game. game, The LeBron got fouled. Yes. I want to say their other game last season in LA, I think the Lakers like were up like 15 or 16 in the fourth quarter. And I want to say the Celtics came back and won a really close game. The point being, like Nuggets Warriors, when these teams play, for whatever reason, even though the Celtics on average, have been way better than the Lakers. Obviously, like, the Westbrook year and everything. Like, they always seem to play each other really close, regardless of who's out there on the court for the Lakers. So, I kind of like these teams splitting the season series. I like the home team winning. I think the Celtics win in Boston later in the year, and I'm going to give the Lakers this one. Okay, well, okay. Now, you're kind of talking. Maybe I should just switch switch to the Celtics right away. Because my whole, like, rationale of choosing the Lakers was just to atone to my just vibes. Lakers hate. <laughs> yeah, literally because every single time I've said that the Lakers were going to be bad or like go down a bad stretch, they have done the absolute opposite. And then every time I've said something nice about the Lakers, they've also done the exact opposite. Like they've been awful the last like week and a half. So I was going to just go with the Lakers. Um, but you know what? Let's make it a little bit interesting. I'll go with the Celtics. I'll t- I'll take the team that I think is going to run away with the title right now. That's that's totally fine with me. LeBron also, he has lost 3 of his last 4 Christmas Day games. So, Ooh. I don't know what that means. I, I don't means know. It's time to atone. Yes, it's it's time. He's 10 and 7 all time on Christmas, which wow, he played 17 that's a lot of, dude, this Christmas This poor man hasn't Day had games. a Christmas in a long time. His kids have just never seen him on yeah. Christmas ever. Um okay. Well, Patrick, are you ready for the real marquee game of the oh, day? Oh yeah, the the James Bowl? The the Joel Embiid versus my favorite team. Yeah, I've got my Miami Heat. For those of you who are not watching on YouTube, I have a signed Dwayne Wade behind me and I have a signed Joel Embiid behind me. Those are you know, my favorite team, the Heat, my favorite player, Joel Embiid. Um, it, it always, it's always tough, man. There's like It's like when the Heat play the Lakers and when the Heat play the Sixers, it's always a little tough for me. Yeah, it's like choosing one of your kids. Yeah, it's it's tough. But you know what? All logic says Sixers. Obviously, the Heat matchup-wise, we don't have an answer for Embiid. But if there was ever a team, Patrick, that logically made no sense to just randomly stop Embiid, it would be us. And I'm taking the Heat. I, I was going to take the heat as well. <laughs> Let's go. What can I say? Honestly, when I was first looking at this game. I have a fun side bet for this one. I was going to take the Sixers. But then I started diving into Jimmy Butler versus the Sixers since 2019. And he's 7-4 and four in the regular season. And obviously, he's 4-2 and two in, the playoffs. in the playoffs. And... um. Joel Embiid is four and eight against the Sixers. Obviously, they've like missed a couple games. Or yeah, against, against the, the Heat. Heat. Um, and Embiid is on a three-game losing streak against the Heat, and he's lost the last five of six. So what? What are you thinking for a side bet? Well, so you want to take the Sixers because I'm going full Heat. No, I'm taking the Heat. I'm taking the Heat. I was thinking like a little Jimmy Butler versus Joel Embiid, like free throw off battle, like free throw attempts battle. Ooh, okay, like a little free throw merchant. Yeah, who's the biggest free throw merchant? Yeah, ooh, that's a that's a tough. I'm I mean, might... I would take Embiid because I think the strategy for a team like the beat the Heat to beat the Sixers is to be really scrappy with Embiid. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't want to be living at the free throw line because he'll just kill you there. He's an amazing free throw shooter. But yeah, no, let, let's go. What um, if what if we did um, something like absolutely insane 
and we did like a uh, who has less fouls between Bam and um, and Joel. Less fouls. I see. I like think... who gets more fouls on the other guy? Basically, ah, no, I, I just Embiid's too easy of an answer there. I feel like okay, okay. It's, it's, the thing with Bam is obviously just an amazing defender, but it's like Embiid's the type of player that gives Bam problems one on one. Yeah, I mean, um, ba- I, I would be willing to take Bam in that. So what are we? What are we doing? We're doing fouls drawn, or n- no? Who whoever between Embiid or Adebayo has more fouls. has more personal fouls in the game, and the winner is the one with more or less fouls. Less. I'll take Embiid. Okay. Yeah. You take Bam. Yeah. yeah All I'll right. Take we're going Bam. fouls. Let's get. That's let's a, do it. A weird this metric. is the foul trouble podcast. Yeah, this is the foul trouble podcast. We need. Yeah. I. I don't know why. Let's go crazy. Um, and Patrick, our final game of the day, actually a game, ironically, I'm almost more excited for than a game involving my favorite team, my favorite player, a game involving LeBron versus the Celtics. Patrick, my other favorite player, I'm, I'm all over the bat, man. I, you know, I'll, I'll put it on the record. My favorite three players in the league right now are Luka, Embiid, and LeBron James. There we go. And Jokic and Jimmy Butler are probably four and five, somewhere four and five. Those are my three guys. Luka Doncic, man, I'm obsessed with Luka. I feel like you could tell if you've been listening to the pod. And, man, if there's one internet meme, Patrick, that I cannot wait to put on your Twitter, Luka Doncic is Devin Booker's father. Oh, oh get out of here. Get <laughs> out of here. And I am ready for the Luka bomb. I am taking the Mavericks. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, if there's any game that I am not excited to watch, <laughs> it's this one. it is this one. I am so glad that it is the last game of the night because – I feel like regardless of what happens, I'm going to be so stressed during. And then I, I just... I, like if, if it's 2-2 two, two in our bets and it comes down to Luka Doncic, you're scared. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm scared. So are you picking the Suns? You're picking the oh, Suns, though, hell, right? Yeah, you have to. Hell, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> taking the Suns. And you know why? Because Luka Doncic is 5-11 and 11 lifetime against the Suns. I love it. Devin Booker owns Luka Doncic during the regular season. And you know what? Luka's only scored or, or won one more playoff game against him. So you know what? I'm comfortable. The Suns have been an absolute shipwreck, just car crash, everything wrapped together recently. But I'm hoping that that Portland Trailblazers well, game was the wake-up Patrick, call. you got to remember, in 5-11 and 11, you said... You know, Devin Booker had dominating on his team, and Luca did not yet have Derek Lively. So now that the tables that is have true. turned, <laughs> that, that is hey, true. We're in a new era of NBA basketball. Um, <laughs> no, no, did the Suns replaced dominating with the only good player on the team, Dominurkic? He's he's by far the best player on the Suns. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I like this. Comes down to a nice Mavericks Suns. Yeah, game. it's just it's the only way that it, it could possibly end. I really like Mavericks Suns. We've talked about this is because it feels like it has the real potential to be the next like rivalry. Oh, great. like especially yeah, just spearheaded by its best players. Where like Luca and Booker really don't like each other. Um, and yeah, it just seems like they're kind of set up to maybe play a couple times in the playoffs over the course of their careers. They don't like each other. I feel like this is a nice, like, fun, like, really actual testy rivalry that we haven't had in a while. So I'm, I'm loving it. 100%. I, I totally agree. There, there's so much history, but or not so much history. But yeah, that one series had a lot in it. There, there yeah. was a lot of, um, like, just juice in, in that series. But in the, like, since 2000, there's been a lot of playoff matchups between... The Suns and the Mavericks. I mean, the whole weird, like, Steve Nash back and forth, Jason Kidd back and forth. The Suns had the opportunity to draft Luka Doncic, and they decided not to. Yeah. There's just, yeah, there's so much there. And and just, like, especially in the modern-day NBA, you already touched on it. Players don't dislike each other, but Devin Booker and Luka Doncic (laughs) dislike each other. They hate each other. They They just do. And then, like, the weird history between KD and Kyrie. Kyrie is uh, oh yeah, I forgot. That's a whole other element. I know. I hate that Kyrie's not playing. I I wish he was gonna be in the game. And I don't know if Lively is going to end up playing. I know he's a little Good. banged up. More right heroics, now. more Luca. Yeah, exactly. I'm all for it. That's what I need. So here's an interesting little tidbit, also random trivia question. So there are only five active players that have had a triple double on Christmas. I think Luca is a very <laughs> 
big candidate to join this list. Do you want to try naming the five active players? Five actives? Let's go with LeBron James. Yep, that's one. The easy one. Let's go with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. He's the only player to do it twice. Let's go with James Harden. James Harden is on this list. Let's go with uh, Giannis. Giannis has never had a triple-double on Christmas. Who are the other two? They are two big men. Oh, Jokic. Jokic. And then you got one more. Is it Embiid or is it like a random cat? No, it's it's neither one. He's I can only say he's he's one of the stars of this NBA season. Why am I blanking? Is it a Gobert? Is it a It's it's a little surprising, but he he's a he's a Hall of Famer for he's a sure. Hall of Famer, a big yeah. man. Hall of Famer, but who is it? It's Draymond Green. Oh, of course, Draymond <laughs> Green. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. I know, but that's a surprising name. Like, I did yeah. not expect to see I mean, Draymond. Draymond's kind of the king of the, like, 12-10-10. Yeah. It's like the Draymond-Ben Simmons handshake stat line. Who? So I feel like, yeah, like, you got to bet that Luca is the guy that puts his name on this list. This year. Who? 42-12-10. Underneath Luca of the guys playing on Christmas Day... Who would, if you had to bet on someone to join that list that's not already on it, who would you say? Well, I guess Giannis. You've got like Tatum, Jimmy, Giannis. Tatum, I feel like Tatum has, has trouble getting to 10 assists. I'd probably go with Jimmy. Yeah. I, I Book. Book is a, another yeah. great option. But Booker, he doesn't do triple doubles. I don't, I don't know. Like, he, he struggles getting that many rebounds. I'm gonna, yeah, I'd go with Jimmy. I feel like Jimmy's really one of those players that like his triple-doubles are more of the like 2010-10 type of regular yeah. season triple-double. Yeah, I, I yeah. see that. I think uh, maybe, maybe Steph. Steph just like has a crazy, with crazy game. Julius Randle, anybody? Uh, unironically, Julius Randle. Like, he has the type of game where a triple-double is more possible, but... <laughs> I don't want to talk about Julius Randle. I don't feel like Knicks fans don't want to talk about Julius Randle unless it's like negative. I'm disappointed that in the entire era of Julius Randle on the Knicks, at least from from my knowledge, the the Orange Julius nickname has never caught on. Um, and with that, we're going to segue into our next um, segment of the day: the mailbag. The mailbag. Um, we put out a just call to questions on our Instagram account. Our, what is our Instagram account? The Foul Trouble Podcast Instagram account. So be sure to be following. Yeah, be following the pod. Um, we're, we, we will definitely do this in the future. Um, where do you want to start? What what question um, piqued your interest? Um, I, okay, I, I feel like this is some bad podcasting by me, Patrick. I did not write down the names of the person who asked, but I know you okay. have it in front of I, yes, you. Yes, I've got the, the names. Somebody asked... First time all star, potential first time all stars. We got thank you, Zane Shaw nineteen ninety eight zs for asking that question. Um, so we talked about this over text. Obviously, Tyrese Maxey is a very high potential first time all star. Loki, be kind of shocked. Yeah, twenty six three um, and six. I, I I really don't see the argument for him not. Honestly, I feel like he's going to be an all star starter. Yeah, it, it gets a little weird with guys like, you know, Jimmy and stuff, and he doesn't have that, like, name, yet. like, brand yet. And Halliburton just has had so much shine on him early this yeah, season. I, I feel like, like, who are the candidates to start at guard in the East? It's like Dame, Halliburton, Maxi, Brunson. Brunson, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's the four? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And speaking of Brunson... Brunson is another guy who Ooh. almost certainly will be a first-time All-Star. Yes, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Halliburton actually made it last year. I forgot about that, but he did make it last year. Um, yeah, I guess I know, obviously it's not the question. Um, who do you think the two starting guards will be? I think it will probably be – I don't know. Like, is this still – This is a really hard do, question. Do they Maybe do... we tackle this later. I, this is actually like neck, neck, neck. Like all four of them I feel like have – Equally good cases. Do they do positions anymore? I think it's the two backcourt, three frontcourt. Okay, so I feel like it will probably be Halliburton and Dame, or would it be Halliburton? Because the fan vote, you got the New York. I don't know. Let's let's Dame go back is to the so question. famous. I know, but so the then thing. is it going to be Damon Brunson then? Yeah, maybe Damon Brunson. It's it's hard to say. It, it doesn't like, matter I how good like you are. Off the top of my head, I. 
somewhat feel like Maxi maybe is a little bit more deserving than Dame at this point in the season, but there's time before the game. Yeah, I don't have I, I don't yeah. have Dame's we didn't numbers, for this. but but Maxi definitely has better numbers than Halliburton. Yeah. A- and it's a better team, so I or not Halliburton. Maxi has better numbers than Brunson, who Brunson has been amazing. Do you know yeah. Do you Brunson's know been awesome. what he is shooting from three this year? Oh, I heard it on another person's spot. Is it like 46% from 45% three? 45% from three. 45% from three, which is at this point in the season is a large sample size. And he's shooting six threes a game. Yeah, that's a huge sample size. That's, that's insane. Nuts. Now, now Brunson might be back on my first starting guard. I, you know what? We're done with the East guards. Brunson and Maxi will be first-time All-Stars. This is where it gets interesting in the West because last year Jaron Jackson made it. He's not making I it I don't think Jaron's going to make it this year. Um... Another guy who is obviously a deserving all-star, but I feel like he's more on the bubble this year than he was last year, even though he's kind of the same player, is Sabonis. Yeah, yeah. Um, They're not as high, and it's hard to give them two all-stars. I think Chet Holmgren, and because of the way the fan vote functions, but the fan vote only matters for starters, and I just don't see Victor starting. But I don't know. I feel like Chet Holmgren might sneakily be one of the rare rookie all-stars. Yeah, the Thunder are really, really, really good. He's a really big part of why they're really, nine point really two net rating. He kind of plays in a way that I feel like coaches really would appreciate, and the coaches' vote is what gets the reserves. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, yes, yes. that's so all coaches. I think there is a really big chance we might see a Chet Holmgren in the All Star game. Yeah, here, here's the thing about the fan vote is I really feel like that's just going to be locked up right away by Jokic and AD in, in the front court. They're just such big names. And LeBron. And LeBron. Those, that's, like, your, that's your front court probably. It's probably LeBron, Jokic, and AD. Um, which I don't know if the Lakers necessarily deserve to have two all-star wow, we starters. we're going to have a really contentious all-star ballot episode, I'm realizing, because the West uh, backcourt, we've got Steph, we've got Luka, we've got Edwards, we've got Shea, Booker, Shea. Booker. Wow, that is that is going to be this is going. To, I think the West backcourt, depending on what position they put Luca at, is going to be the most like. It, it's going to be worse than the Jokic and Bead MVP discourse than last year. It's very. How like, do you pick two starters from that list? Those are like six names that are all NBA level guys. Almost, you could so easily pick four backcourt guys from the West to be starting caliber. Like in the East, there's no way Brunson or maybe Maxi has better numbers than a lot of the guys on that list. But you're but not taking Maxi over Shea. Yeah, no, no way. That's wow. Or Luca. I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know if I should be excited. Or Fox. I, I just I, oh, Fox too, man. I forgot about yeah, dude. I mean, the West backcourt is. I don't need. Yeah, the West. The West is not going to have a lot of front court depth in this year's All Star game. It's going to be a lot of guards. But yeah. but that's why, like, touching on the front court stuff again is like, Wembenyama's stats are really really good. Like, he's I, on such a bad team that I don't think he should get in there unless it's I'm, I'm going to ban myself from talking about the Spurs because I've, I've I've done it too much. You are upsetting people. I, I have been upsetting the Popovich fans. But you know what? I'm not one of those people. Let's say Popovich, I'm going to do positive view, was prioritizing winning games instead of developing players. I think Wemby would have even better stats and legitimately would be an all-star. I mean, but right now, 19 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, and three blocks a game. Like, Yeah, it's just when you marry it with some of the efficiency stuff is where I think you get like, a okay, Sabonis is shooting 57%. Obviously, he's playing with Fox. We're not going to do that whole discourse right now, but I think it's going to be hard for Wemby. But I think Chet, because it's a coach's vote, and because the West front court after that big three kind of drops off a bit, I think has a real well. It doesn't really drop off. There's Cat. There's Gobert. There is you know still a lot of these great players, but I think there's a small chance Chet could be a rare rookie All Star. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's tough for me to get there. Like. 17 points a game, eight rebounds a game. He's got those 2.8 blocks, but like... But the efficiency. He's very efficient, but like, um, Gobert's super efficient as well. He's and not Gobert's shooting made threes. an all-star game. And, and, but I would probably put Gobert above him in an all-star like ballot for this year, just because yeah. he's on the best team in the, in the Western Conference thus far. Um, but... You're right. Both of those names are going to be in the conversation. And that was the question. Yeah, that was, we got so off track there. I'm like, 
I'm just sorry. I'm just agonizing over our All Star Ballot episode in like a month and a half because I just know it's going to be one of those things where I spend like three hours agonizing over who my two West Western Conference and Eastern Conference. Like we talked about those four names that we feel like are battling for those spots. Like, dude, like what do I do? Like I'm going to agonize and then I'm going to be called an idiot for whoever I left on, no matter what combination of people I do. It's going to yeah, be tough. It's going to be tough. Oh, we didn't even talk about uh, Donovan Mitchell in the oh, <laughs> Eastern Conference. Who, by the way, is probably going to have a huge uptick in stats in light of the Garland injury. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah and I he's mean, already averaging 30 points a game. Yeah, I, I apologize to the Cleveland fans who was just that whole time. How did you forget Mitchell? We, we did not plan for our no. all-star debate. We were just really thinking about Maxie and Brunson and, yeah. uh, and me for Chet a little bit. Yeah, I'm thinking about Chet too. Yeah. He, yeah, I wrote him down. I have his stats. There. You're right. Maybe maybe Chet's a little overzealous now. Now that we're naming names, maybe I'm, I got a little ahead of myself because last year Gobert didn't make it. I don't think Cat made it. I think Cat was injured a lot of last year. Yeah, yeah he, he was. was. So, yeah, I mean, so that's the thing. A Jaron drops out. Maybe a Cat comes back in. Maybe a Sabonis drops out, but then maybe a Gobert comes in. Or, you know, Zion didn't play in last year's game, but he was nominated to be a starter. Like. Maybe Zion actually plays this year. You know, it's a lot the of those West, different things. Like wing, it like situation is very flexible and fluid as well. Like who knows what's going on with like. Hopefully Durant is still like healthy at that time. Zion like has had a very mixed bag of the year. Um, th- those two guys probably get in, but like after them and LeBron. Who else are you really looking at? Like Lowry Markinen was a all star last, last year. year all star starter last year. He that is insane. But he will not be again. Um, okay. Next question. Next question. Um, you want to do the all time yeah, starting five it. thing? Who asked this so, question? Tyler Mo two two one. Thank you so much for asking this question. He said Patrick and James all star starting or all time starting five. So do you answer this question as in I'm putting who I think is the best point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center in a lineup, and I'm just saying who I think the best of each position is? Are you trying to make an actual cohesive lineup of the best players who've played? Um, That is what I I did. That's how That's I, what I did too. the question. Okay, so for neither of us to clarify, this is not a list of who we think the five best players are at each position. No, that that is what I did. Oh, that is what you did? Yes. Okay, all right. It's not what I did, but that's, okay. that'll make it kind of interesting. So what is your list then? So my list, starting at point guard, I got Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. Starting at two guard, I got Michael Jordan. Start Small forward, LeBron James. Four, I got Tim Duncan. And then five, I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Clean, yeah. clean. It's a very good list. That's, very solid list. I just feel like it's the way to go. So I did the exercise differently. I did it as a exercise of if I'm making the best possible lineup I can with any collection of players in NBA history, who do I make it with? And so my list has two of the same, which is really obvious. Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Um, The thing with all-time players, and I think this is where people a lot of times get wrapped up with this question and tend to make these really strange lineups when they're talking about actual lineups is like what really makes a lot of these all-time players great is the fact that they're like the lead ball handler on a high-level team. And, you know, we've just seen it over and over again. It's sometimes kind of hard for those guys to play with each other. So I put a lot of thought into like, what is a lineup where I have like the two identifiable main ball handler type guys and guys who can really play off of those guys? So at point guard, I've got Stephen Curry, the best spacer of all time. Great movement player, amazing playing off the ball. I'm losing a little bit on defense, um, but that's okay because you know what? I've got Michael Jordan as my other guard. Uh, obviously, Michael Jordan's a little bit used to playing a main ball handler, but you know what I like about him and LeBron together, Patrick? I like that Michael Jordan already played with a point forward. He yep. knows how it goes. Um, well, and I think saying that Michael Jordan is like a primary ball handler is kind of obscuring what – the way his career really played out because he always had a true point guard but like when like the going got tough Scottie Pippen was like by all means their point guard as well so like very good off ball player as well but yeah I've got Michael Jordan I think he's the best isolation player of all time if I ever need a super tough bucket I I don't need to justify Michael Jordan I don't think anyone here for that or justifying LeBron James so obviously I've got Steph Michael LeBron I like the synergy there. I think Jordan, obviously, not the greatest three-point shooter ever, but I think in this lineup, he's getting a lot of open shots. Uh, Patrick, the power forward spot was the hardest spot for me because I'm thinking about this in terms of modern basketball. So I was like, I kind of want a shooter. Do I want a Dirk? 
because Prime Dirk was a little bit more athletic. I'm losing a little bit on defense. Patrick, I'm 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 not gonna I'm gonna talk about my center first. I'm going with Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. And the reason I'm going with a younger Shaquille O'Neal, more of like an early Lakers, maybe late Magic Shaq. I want to run and pick and roll with LeBron, and I want him cutting, taking up space for my out of position power forward, Nikola Jokic. Because <laughs> Jokic honestly is statistically like the same level of shooter as Dirk. It's just another one of those Jokic stats where you don't want to admit it, but it's like, dude, he's just as good as shooting yeah. statistically as Dirk was. Uh, obviously, he's the best passing big of all time. And I'm like, dude, if Shaq's in the Aaron Gordon role, or he's in the Tristan Thompson role with LeBron, or he's just in the Shaq role. I don't know. I, I love that. I think, what do you think of my team's cohesion? Am I going crazy or am I a little too slow? I think with Jokic, I think it is a little slow. Like uh -huh. I think it, it might be a little tough in transition and like, but I've got LeBron. Yeah. You, you got LeBron, <laughs> you got Michael Jordan. I personally like just flat out. I think you're overthinking this. Okay. I, I, I like my team against yours just cause like the, like any of these guys, Except for like maybe magic can like extract an immense amount of value off ball. And um, I, it, I, it does worry me with like you got Shaq and Jokic like running the floor together, which like young Shaq can like <laughs> run all, all day long for the most part. But, um, I mean, I think your team would, would win a, a lot of games <laughs> as well. I, there's no way to go wrong with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I definitely, like, I, the, the thing with the exercise for me, because obviously we went about it in a very different way. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the question I have is, like, if you were going to replace one of Jokic and Shaq on my team, where do you go there? Because I thought a lot about mm -hmm. Elijah Wan. Um, because of the defense, his ability to defend the pick and roll, I thought would be a great cover for Yoke. But... I kind of feel like Shaq's a little bit more ball movement, a little bit more like passing friendly for this type of team than Elijah Wan would be. I I, I don't know. I, I think Hakeem offers a little bit more spacing than mm -hmm. Shaq does and a little bit more more passing if you're putting him next to a Jokic. Um, it, it would be weird because like on offense, you would have like Hakeem being your, your true center, but on defense you would probably switch him to more of the the four just like weak side rim protector i think the reason i overthought this exercise right was because i'm thinking like if i'm building like a the best offense i can possibly build it's going to be like a lebron james pick and roll centric team with michael fucking jordan yeah and i'm like in that setup the power forward usually is a spacer and that's where I was like, damn, I don't know if I really because I thought about Garnett. Garnett was the guy mm. that I really was like, am I being am I being stupid by putting Jokic on this team because I just want Jokic on the team or like is Garnett just a way more natural fit? But I was like, Jokic can shoot like threes. Like, yeah, I don't know. LeBron would play amazing <laughs> next to Jokic. Yeah, like and also like I I think to like LeBron's really great Cleveland teams and they were playing with two true bigs. Yeah, in uh, in Thompson and Love. And so, but the, like those lineups with well, Love or Channing Fry though were just true. I feel like they'd have those games where Channing Fry would hit like eight threes, and it was like, oh my god, yeah. Channing Fry, <laughs> Phoenix legend. Channing love Fry, love you, love you, Channing Fry. I love Channing Fry. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even. We're, we've talked about this so much. These are our two teams. Yell at us all you want. Okay, we I have a question though, because I this this was the fun thought exercise for me. You have a team. Where you've got a Stephen Curry or a Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, LeBron. This is just a thought exercise. Is there a possibility that there it's better to have maybe four of those types of caliber players and then one like prime Clay Thompson type? Or is it better mm. to just have the five all-time guys? Like, is it maybe better to just have an elite movement shooter who plays off of those guys? Because ultimately, like, if you've got a LeBron, you've got a Jordan, and you have an elite initiating big, like... Do you need another initiating big or another initiating wing? Just because we never saw these guys scale down yeah. doesn't mean that they, they wouldn't can't. be like the best version of that scaled down role. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's one of those weird things where players of that caliber, just they just never tend to be the catch and shoot type. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. I, I feel like you are not going to have to worry too much about <laughs> catch about and this. shoot threes. Um, <laughs> I because, think I might have gone way too, also these way guys, too reductive on this. Like these, these guys, the defense that they're playing is just going to be absolutely suffocating as well. Yeah. Like imagine if your two primary point of attack defenders are Michael <laughs> Jordan and LeBron, LeBron James, James on each wing. Like what, what are they going to do with that? And then you have freaking Hakeem Olajuwon or Tim Duncan yeah. waiting in case that doesn't work. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. The the shots are going to come so easy. And these guys, just one-on-one, like even in a phone booth worth of space, yeah. are going to be able to kill any anyone else. The other guy I didn't have in my top 10 all-time that I think – low-key might be like an almost automatic shoe-in for any all-time starting five lineup is Kevin Durant. Yeah. Because I think of any top 15, top 20 player alongside Steph, like if anyone's proven that they can scale down to that role and just be the best at it, it's Durant. Yeah. I, the the guy for me that I, I also considered, and I think I might get a little like, what the hell are you talking about with this is, I really considered going Bill Russell instead of Kareem with like what you were talking about of like just like role acceptance and stuff like Bill Russell might be the greatest rim protector of all time and an amazing passer like a lot of a couple of those championship Celtics team completely ran their offense through Bill Russell so like having him in kind of a non-shoot almost your Draymond Green yeah. role and having like Michael Jordan like curl off of him was something that really excited me as well but I don't know you can't go wrong yeah th- like another guy I think people will think this is absolutely crazy and this is a crazy so not the actualized version of himself but if there's a version where AD is like 15% better mm-hmm. like not a top 10 player all time in my opinion but a guy that I'm like low-key probably fits with one of these hypothetical teams just so well yeah well but to your point like once you start talking about guys like ad that's when i'm like let's just throw kg in there yeah you know no, yeah I mean? that's true kg is a better all-time player than anthony davis he, he, like he's yeah. a better shooter he's right there with the rim protection it's one of, it's one of those and, things where i'm just like i'm like i'm like okay the focal point of this team is lebron james and michael jordan so like i really would almost rather have guys that i just know synergize with them and i know Absolutely. I know Anthony Davis synergizes well with them. So well, the, maybe not. They just lost to Jalen Brunson. But so the question <laughs> on everyone's mind: Where's Kobe? Why don't you have Kobe in this? Yeah, I just I don't no. really see the. I mean, just to answer the question, it's just you. I feel like unless you're playing LeBron at point guard, it's hard to come up with a team construction that includes Jordan and Kobe because they're a bit redundant. And Kobe Absolutely. also just tends to. His shot to pass profile is a lot more geared towards shooting than Jordan's was. Um, and I think on an all time team, and this is why I think people would probably scoff at me even thinking about Jokic, but like on an all time team, you really want guys who are going to move the ball and make that hockey assist. And a lot of the times when you see these 1A, you know, foundational franchise players, they tend not to fit in as well on these teams where there's already a ton of other ball handlers. I totally agree with you. My whole thing with every like, you always see those uh, like clickbait posts of like all the all times greats standing at the check-in table, and it's like who you benching, and like Kobe's always on there, and he's like standing next to MJ, and I'm just like, why would I put Kobe in Over when MJ. I have MJ standing right there? Like it's no knock. Like Kobe would say it himself. Like Michael Jordan is just the like better actualized version of. Of Kobe, like Kobe didn't really have like very much like positional versatility as far as like an offensive role. Like he's obviously a top 10 player. All yeah. Time. And it's like I talked earlier about like Durant being a guy. I was like, Durant makes so much more sense than almost anyone in these all time fives. Like, no, duh. I have Kobe way ahead of Durant on my all time list. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a lineup that fits. But if I was making my like all time list, Kobe is many spots ahead of KD for me. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me yeah. too. Um, okay. Well, that was fun. You want to just knock through a couple of these rapid fire? Let's do it. We um, spent a lot of time on the first two. I know. Okay. Damo Paul. Thank you so much for sending in this question. This season only Tatum or Halliburton? Tatum. Tatum. Yeah. The yeah. defense is just like not even close. Halliburton has been really awesome. Um, Wugget 
Swashin13, I'm sorry if I pronounce your uh, handles incorrectly, asks, do you think Joker will win his third MVP? If not, who else do you think would be in the running? We kind of touched on this last week. James, do you want it? Yeah, I think Embiid, we did the MVP ranks a couple weeks ago, and me and you both had Embiid, or Jokic as a, as a clear number one. Since then, Embiid has kind of just... Taking the race by the balls, man. Yeah, I mean, the the Bontem straw poll came out for the first time this season, and Embiid is at the top of that list. I mean, we just saw Embiid drop 51. Drop 51 on, on the, the best defense in the yes. league. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Jokic could totally end up winning in this, but he's got a little um, you know, I ground think, though, to make up. You know what I forgot about last year? Because I think last year there was that whole backlash to Embiid winning the MVP at the end of the season where it was like, see... Jokic was the better player all along. Look, I'm the biggest Embiid fan there is. I think Jokic is a better player than Embiid. That doesn't mean he is the MVP. To me, Embiid is the MVP because part of being the MVP is like real give a shit. And the one thing I forgot about the end of last season was that whole Jokic like, oh, I'm tired of this MVP discourse. And then it seemed like he had a little lull. And the Nuggets started losing a lot of games at the end of the year. Granted, they racked up the one seed. But I think it is kind of one of those things with basketball where it's like, I want my MVP best player to really outwardly give a shit and inspire the rest of the team to give a shit. And I think Embiid did that that, that last year, and he's doing it again this year. And, like, he's been the best player in the NBA so far. I hear that. And, hey, the thing I always say when the MVP conversation comes into play is the MVP is a narrative-based award in the NBA. And the fact of the matter is, Embiid has a great narrative story right now to win MVP. They had a team in complete dysfunction. James Harden threw a chaos bomb into the Philadelphia 76ers world, and Embiid caught that chaos grenade and threw it out the window and said, hey, we're going to have the best net rate of of any team in the NBA right now. And so this is just a special Embiid moment right now and i i hope it goes all the way through um the rest of the season okay wait patrick can i do my quick uh Embiid, pro and beat talk from uh, last year too? oh of course of course you know this is what joe Embiid looks like when doc rivers isn't actively working against him all right next question hey! <laughs> um logan Wuckets, what logan Wuckets logan Wuckets said um what should the knicks do with rj barrett keep or trade i think trade yeah, I mean, I don't think you give him away. He's a good player, but he makes a lot of money, and I think it's we're getting close. I, I talked about it a couple episodes ago. It's about time that the Knicks cash in their chips, and I think R.J. Barrett makes sense as a guy that other teams trading something good would want. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was wrong on Barrett. I was, like, so supremely low on Barrett coming into the draft. I really didn't see it. Like, the first years in the NBA was kind of more of the, like, I didn't see it in the draft. I don't see it now. I kind of see it. I still feel like he's just not. Yeah, he's just not a building. I would block. rather have the ball in Brunson's hands. He's a pretty high usage player, and then also, just like whoever the Knicks trade for is going to be a high usage guy as well. And I would imagine that team is not going to want to trade their all star, all NBA player for a Julius Randle package. Yeah, I, I think it's like obviously the Mitchell trade is the one that's at the front of like all Knicks discussions, and it's like. You know, for I'm sure the Knicks are in the position of like we'll trade for Mitchell if we don't have to give up too much. But it's just like I feel like Barrett's kind of role is like he's the slashing guy. Mm-hmm. And the reason I really didn't like Barrett coming out of college was he's just not an elite or even like a great or I would even say like a good NBA level athlete. He's like an okay yeah, athlete. He's and, got a great like body and build. Yeah, and but. like if I if I'm gonna have like my designated like wing who gets to be the one that gets to attack the paint a lot, I'd I'd almost rather just be a Mitchell because he's like this freakish finisher. He's got the full package. Like I don't know. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Um Hixie twenty three said who and what will be the next NBA record to be broken? Is all you, Patrick? Let's check. Let's check. I got. <laughs> so I got to check the score. Patrick is all in on this Utah versus Detroit Pistons game because Utah's missing a lot of starters. They're already not a great team, so Detroit might pick up a win today. But if not, they did not. The score's in. Jazz won one nineteen to one eleven. Ooh. So the Pistons, all they need to do is lose. I think one more game, and then they have the record. Yeah. So the Seventy Sixers in. 2013-2014 set the all-time losing streak record at 26. 
And now the Pistons have a 25-game losing streak. Who is their next game against? Let us see. Because, yeah, the Pistons could break the all-time losing streak this week. Let me Uh, They're probably not going to get a Christmas Day game. I'm guessing they're going to play one more before (laughs) Christmas. So they they could head into the day after Christmas with a chance to break the all-time losing record. And their next game is? Their next two games are they're playing a home-and-home against the Nets. Possible. So, yeah. Possible. The Nets are obviously a better team. But, you know, if, if you get the Cam Thomas one of yeah. 11 three-point shooting game, maybe you win that one. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the Pistons are going to pull it through and, and break this next game. You think record. they're going to be one of those Nets games? No, no. I, I oh, think you think they're, they're going to lose both? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think they're going to lose both too. But, yeah, I mean, the Nets are okay team. Yeah. They're not good. They're not bad. They're okay. They're okay. They're okay. <laughs> I love you, Mikhail. Let's do one more. Um, Yeah, let's do one more. Um. Let's see. Oh, here's a fun one for you. Um, Bailey Hughes one asked, "Do you think Russ has any value left to offer on any team? Watching him on the Clips hurts." I feel like he has value to the Clippers. Yeah, I I totally agree. <laughs> I I kind of feel like he is on the best team for him at this point in his career. Um I don't know why he says watching him on the clips hurts. Obviously, that when Harden first got there, it kind of seemed like me and you talked about this that Westbrook might get jettisoned. But you know, they've really staggered him in Harden's minutes. I think as long as they're giving Russ enough minutes next to George and Leonard, like he seems to excel with those guys. The team seems to really get energized by him. Him, you know, taking a step back and just being willing to come off the bench instead of making a facade out of it, like. I don't know. I, I'm obviously a notorious Westbrook disliker, but props to Russ. I feel like he's handled everything this season's thrown at him pretty well. Yeah, I mean, my you, you caught it all right there. Like, it, it definitely hurts watching him if you're expecting him to be prime Russell Westbrook. Like, that's not in the cards anymore. But, like, by all measures, it seems like people in the NBA, players in the NBA, really like Russell Westbrook. So, like... At the bare minimum, I think he has value in terms of like playing like a Vince Carter role when Vince Carter was on the Hawks. You know what I, I really like about Westbrook for this Clippers team, especially with the addition of Harden, was like I feel like this Clippers team had this kind of slow, methodical half-court type of feel to them. And I think what's really nice about Westbrook for this team is he gives them that change-up where it's like, we've just lulled you to sleep with eight minutes of Harden ball, and now all of a sudden we're playing Paul George Westbrook flying up the court basketball. Exactly. Oh, and now we're going back to Harden-Leonard ball, and it's really slow again. And I think like that kind of pairing of like Harden-Leonard-George-Westbrook kind of gives the Clippers this like herky-jerkiness overall as a team where you're really playing this mismatch of styles that I feel like if you're on the other team could be disorienting to play against and i think you're kind of seeing that as this team is starting to excel yeah that's really came to fruition and and from the get-go of this trade i thought that it might have like that change up aspect to it and it really does um but yeah so i think don't be too hard on russ bailey i know we've been hard on him here and there and i think nba discourse gets really like violent and kind of in both directions mean uh when it comes to russ but um Watch him. At the end of the day, I'm I'm always gonna like lean towards. He is one of the top one percent of NBA players that we have ever seen. So while you have the chance to appreciate Russell Westbrook, do it because he's not gonna be here forever. If you were to put Russ on a new team, see, okay, the will thing I will say. Obviously, we just did our whole positive. I'm a little dubious how many playoff minutes he's gonna be getting. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. But what team would you put him on? That is super easy for me. Phoenix Suns. Oh. Yeah. I, I think he would be such a good fit on the Suns, mainly because the Suns dire need for another ball handler, but they have the ability to do the thing that no team around Westbrook really has ever been able to do, and that's just surround him with shooters at all times. And, like, that's the only way you can get anything out of Russ right now. And... The Clippers can kind of do that, um, but I, I. With that being said, I think the Clippers are going to keep him. Yeah, that's just the team that I've thought about. I think is a pretty good fit for him. 
I can't think of a worse fit. You guys have Kevin Durant on your team. Yes, I mean, of course. <laughs> hey, but he got along with Bradley Beal really well when they played together in Washington. And I don't know. They're I've, tight. Yeah. I've been led to believe that I think they've been able to wax over that. But just like a hypothetical fit surrounding him with a bunch of shooting, I think, is what you want. I think if you really wanted like the, I miss the like 28 nine and 12 Westbrook, like even though there could not be a worse fit than the Pistons, like I could see if you just let Westbrook have the keys and you're like, look, man, do whatever you want. I don't think they'd be on the longest losing streak in NBA history. No, yeah. I agree with you there. <laughs> like they're the, the worst fit for Westbrook of all time, like with their spacing and their issues. And, but I, I just, but you know to what? Believe that they'd Maybe be the that's what ever. they need is like, by all accounts, Westbrook is a great locker room. Yeah. Like he comes in early, he first one to come, last one to leave. Like he is that dude. He will keep keep people accountable. So I, I maybe it's not as bad of a cultural fit as it would be a basketball fit. Oh, it's all basketball fit. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hot streak shooting slump? Hot streak shooting slump. Let's do it. You wanna go first? Um, yeah, yeah. Um Oh, it's hard to say. Um, I will say I am on a I'm on a hot streak. I've had a pretty good week. Um, basketball fandom aside, because this has been like ground zero for Suns fans. But um, it was my girlfriend's birthday this week. Have you ever been to Hatchet Hall in L.A.? It's a restaurant. Is it an axe throwing place? It's not an axe throwing place. That's <laughs> what all I had to ask. That's what I asked initially, but it's in like the like Culver City, like Palms area. Uh, probably best meal I've ever had. In really? LA. Like, I gotta say, it's probably my favorite meal I've had in LA. Wow, I didn't try it. What, kind of, what kind of food? What did you have? It's like this, like American, like small plates fusion kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those like. Uh, restaurants that's like always changing their menu like every week but we had these we had these uh, grilled oysters that were absolutely incredible um, we had this like cocktail for two that was like a whiskey based tea cocktail with little like amaretto pearls that you like put it on your drink which was really 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 good um, what else do we have we had they, they had this like radicchio salad that was really really good um i'm like trying to the uh, cornbread they they had just a really really great cornbread and the the main thing that we had was this it was this chicken i can't even explain to you it was like a lemon herb like roasted mm-hmm. half chicken that was just really really good damn yeah Patrick, I I'm my week. week three of a frigid frigid shooting slump so last episode, you know, I told you guys about the plumbing issues. Obviously, you've seen the downstairs of my house. All the flooring is gone. Toe up. Yes, there's exposed concrete everywhere. The kitchen cabinetry has been pulled out. So the reason I'm on a shooting slump, Patrick, is because shortly after I recorded the episode on Friday where I was like, plumbing issues are behind me, I walked into the bathroom across the hall and I see a massive pool of water. And I'm like, where did this come from? Turns out it came from the water line to the toilet, and because it was installed right behind the toilet, the valve to turn off the water supply was not turnable because it was jammed onto the side of the toilet. So I had a leaky pipe, got it fixed, got a ton of drywall taken out in that bathroom and replaced. Um, So then downstairs, you know, all week I've had my kitchen boarded up. It's been full of like an air cleaning zone. I don't know, all these safety, you know, code laws that I don't know if are necessary, but I have to abide by, get it all moved. They decon the kitchen. They're like, all right, here's the quote to refix it. It's like $15,000. And I'm like, there's no way. There's literally no way. We're just putting in vinyl. Like this is nuts. But this is why this is a shooting slump. Despite all, despite anything that could have me, this is why it's a shooting slump. This morning I walk into my kitchen. Now, if you guys remember the reason this all happened, I had a leaky pipe under my sink. It was the water supply line to my dishwasher. Sorry if I'm speaking of plumber learning, I'm learning it. (laughs) Patrick, I walk in and there is a pool of water under my sink this morning. The freaking people that I have paid all this money to, to take care of my house, to fix everything, uh, they broke the drain pipe from my sink. 
So now my sink leaks water anytime you turn it on. Um, and so I called them and I'm like, what the fuck? You guys broke the thing that was the genesis of the entire issue. And they're like, okay, we'll send a guy back. So the guy comes back and he's like, hey, man, you're going to need a plumber to fix this. What the fuck? What does he do? Dude, so I'm like, I'm like telling people and they're like, fuck that. You can't do that. You can't let them do that to you. And I'm like, you guys are right. I can't let them do that to me. But you know what else I can't have? I can't have not having a sink because I haven't had a sink for over a week. And like, I can't eat out every single meal. Like, eventually I need to use my kitchen sink. Like, you know, like the thing was when they told me I couldn't use my sink anymore, I hadn't done my dishes. So... All of my dishes are dirty in like a cardboard box right now. Like I can't just let that sit there. That's yeah, disgusting, right? I don't live like that. So I'm like, here's the thing. I need to fight them on this. At the end of the day, like I could fight them on this. Christmas is on Monday. If I fight them on this and win, I probably don't have a sink till next Friday or the new year. So it's like I have to get a plumber because I have to get the sink fixed. <sighs> Shooting slump, man. Three weeks in a row. I'm really hoping Christmas week is not a shooting slump. If I come back on Friday and it's a shooting slump again, like, I don't know, man. I might be cursed. Yeah. Hey, well, at the bare minimum, we're almost done with this year. And yeah. and we, we just flip to a brand new page. Um, but I, I'm hoping that your Christmas week is, is a scorching hot, hot streak, streak except yeah. for all of the bets the that bets. we made. You know what? If the week is a, sh- is a hot streak... But I lose the bets. I'm happy with that. There we go. Have you thought about what you'll make my Twitter avatar? Um, I, I'm banch, bantering. What is that word? Uh, I'm thinking about the um, the the picture from the last time Book and Luca p- played, where Book is just like kind of smirking with Luca in the background. Which because I know you're already <laughs> thinking about putting the devil horn Luca picture <laughs> as yeah. my um. Abby, if if I lose, um, but I, I'm not locked in on anything. I I'm still uh, I'm still thinking about things. Patrick, you know? if, I, if I go five for five, will you be Patrick Mavs word? <laughs> if I go five for five, yeah, I will. I will okay. on Twitter. On Twitter, yes, on Twitter, because you can only change your Instagram. Yeah, I'll, I'll so let you many. keep IG, but okay. on Twitter, I'll go if I go five for five. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm down. Let's go. Okay, thank you guys for watching the Foul Trouble podcast. Are we going to be back on the 26th? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be back on the 26th. Uh, I'm not sure what we'll... I guess we'll recap Christmas. What do you... We'll talk about we'll, it off yeah, air. We'll yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. We'll see you guys then. Peace.